Welcome to another episode of the Word of God by M. Throughout the previous episodes, we have talked about the importance of reading the Bible, studying it, and meditating on it. But until now, we have not had the opportunity to study the Bible as such, understanding its purpose and above all, studying why the Bible is the Word of God. Structurally speaking, the Bible, like the history of humanity, consists of two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the case of humanity, we distribute history before and after Christ. But I have news for you. Just like the Bible, our history has a before and after, and we will talk about it at the end of this message. The Old Testament consists of 39 books. When we just started our walk with God, we will focus mainly on the New Testament. But throughout this episode, I want to invite you to take a trip through some Old Testament books so that when you begin to study them, you have a brief idea of the many gems they contain. The first book of the Old Testament is Genesis, also known as the beginning of all things. In this book, you can find great treasures that can help you understand your life and the society in which you develop no matter where you are. Genesis also explains to you the evils of humankind. It explains to you that man has a sinful nature that always pushes him to do wrong in one way or another. You may wish to tell me, but I am not like that. However, I have news for you. We have all lied, had a bad thought, uncontrolled anger, and or any other type of transgression of God's commandments. In the book of Genesis, you will find great treasures for your life. But above all, you will find a clear and extensive description of God's love for mankind. You will understand also the patience that God has had with humanity and how God unconditionally loves his children. I do not pretend to dwell on each of the 39 books of the Old Testament. But I can assure you that each one fulfills a purpose in the mind of God, and each one of them will bring to you treasures that will help to shape your life. Later, in other podcasts, we will talk about great figures of the Old Testament. The Old Testament holds the base of the ministry of Christ 
and the base of our relationship with God. It is impossible not to remember Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Only these first two verses of the Psalm 23 are enough to explain the love of God. If you let Christ be your shepherd, you will lack nothing. The Psalm and also all the other Psalms are a confirmation of God's love in every aspect of our daily lives. If you set out to read a psalm every single day, you will find in them a place where your soul will be comforted every day with God's love. Continuing in our journey through the Bible, later on you will find the 31 Proverbs, one for each day of the month. There you will find advice for marriage, how to raise and love your children, and above all, the advice to obey God in all your ways. The Old Testament has books like Ruth's that are a manual on fidelity, just like the book of Esther. And finally, we reach the prophets, who continue to amaze us today with the hundreds of prophecies that announced the arrival of Christ as Lord and Savior. The path through the Old Testament is a path that can be divided into three parts, God and his creation, then man and his nature and his struggles, and at last, Christ presented as the Messiah and the path he would follow. Now, let's get into the New Testament. Let's start by saying that the New Testament is made up of 27 books. Four Gospels, a historical account such as the book of Acts, and the 22 doctrinal letters. In the Gospels, each author presents Christ to us from a different perspective, so that at the end of reading the four Gospels, we have formed in our minds and in our hearts the image of God of the God who loves us with all his strength, to the point of becoming man and come to this world to suffer humiliation, beatings, and torture to give us eternal life. After the Gospels, we find the Book of Acts. Many see this book as a historical instrument in which there is simply a narrative of the events that occurred. But when you examine the book of Acts in detail, you will find that it contains 
three clearly identifiable parts. First of all, the author describes the resurrection of Christ, giving us the details of how it was and how his apostles and other disciples were witnesses of it. Then we have the opportunity to read out the creation of the church and what's the correct way of leading a church according to the vision of Christ. And finally, we will have the ministry of Paul. Here, the book of Acts will help us to understand how this man who persecuted the first believers and who even consented to the death of Stephen became not only the most prolific writer of the New Testament, but also the one responsible for communicating to us the doctrinal foundation of Christianity. After the book of Acts, you will see the letters that Paul wrote to the different churches at the time, beginning with the epistle to the Romans, which by far constitutes the doctrinal axis of Christianity. Since chapter 1, Paul lays the foundation of why man has no excuse for not believing in God. Right there, through Paul's writings, God explains to us the consequences of sin in the life of man. In this letter, Paul explains to us the justice of God and the way in which we will achieve salvations. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10 read, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the death, you will be safe. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Undoubtedly, the letter of Roman is a treasure to the life of a believer. Later, we will see more letters from Paul. All these letters will shape Christianity. At the end of the New Testament, we will come to the book of Revelations, Revelations of John, and it is this last book where on the one hand, John is reconfirmed as the beloved disciple, but on the other hand, in a very particular way, and sometimes difficult to understand. For the Neophyte reader, we are told the end of all times. In this book, God's judgment on man on earth is revealed to us. It is time for you 
to take your Bible. Time for you to make a plan to read it. Not because you have to, but because you need to. There are a thousand plans to read the Bible on the internet. However, I am going to tell you the only plan that does not work. The Bible is not a roulette wheel or a wheel of fortune, which you open on whatever page occurs to you. The Bible requires that you meditate on what you read and that you open your mind and heart so that God speaks to you and above all, that you be organized, that you highlight it and make notes of what you read. The Bible was written because God loves you, because God wants you to know him through reading it, and that is why it is so important that you know what 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 says. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are not discerned only through the Spirit. If you don't have Christ in your heart, you won't be able to understand the Bible. You must accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and recognize Him as the Son of God. And only then will you be able to open the way of communication with God. He will speak to you through the Bible, and He will listen to you through your prayers. The Bible can transform your life and that of your family. God is only waiting for you to give him the opportunity to embrace you. Thank you once again for being with us. If you have questions about how to read the Bible or about anything that you're reading, please feel free to reach out to me at my email, thewordofgodbym at gmail.com or through our Instagram at the word of God by M. Have a great week.